0: hey dad hey joel i was talking to a lady uh recently and she was telling me about a friend of hers who she feels has grown spiritually beyond her husband and she's not sure what her friend is supposed to do like she's been trying to get her husband to become, and I I get a lot of emails from wives like that. They're like, would you take my husband on a trip with you? I think he just needs to be around some spiritually adventurous men so he can become the spiritual leader he's supposed to be. And I was started thinking in in terms of like, how do you, like when you've grown spiritually past your current environment, I mean, a lot of times that happens if you get, you become a a follower of Christ and you got some friends that you've had for life, uh, but they have no spiritual desire to grow spiritually. They don't have any desire to following your faith. Yeah. You know, what are you supposed to do there? If you've grown in your environment past it, if in your relationships, or even here's a challenging one. What if you feel like you've spiritually grown beyond what your church can give to you? Yeah. Because I I see a lot of people that they're like, man, I just, you know, I love this church, but it's just, I'm not growing here anymore. And I heard somebody say one time, healthy things grow. Yeah. So if you are growing at some point, you're going to get, you're going to grow beyond the pot you're in. Yeah. And you do need some sort of a change of environment. But man, it can be a, a tricky line. And and I've talked to a lot of really a lot of people who say they've grown past their spiritual environment, but they really haven't. It's kind of one of those things like run from anyone who tells you they're enlightened because they All probably right. aren't. Because yeah. an enlightened person won't acknowledge they won't know they're enlightened. They just are enlightened. Right. It's we did a podcast that's one. Thing to, of maturity, yeah, yeah, one of our popular podcasts is most popular podcasts is how to be mature. I thought that's so yeah. funny. Like, but it it, our basic conclusion, in the podcast is that if you're truly
1: mature, you don't realize it, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and if you are mature, remember that the next step with fruit beyond maturity is rottenness. Rottenness, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, If you are mature, you are probably on your way to rottenness.
0: So there is a reality that at some point we do grow beyond our
1: environment in yeah. spiritual maturity. Uh,
0: what do you first well, of all? How, the do rec- first, okay, first yeah. all how do you church one first? Okay, How do you recognize
1: it, and what do you do? I remember a friend of mine. He got really upset. At, uh, he and I grew up in the same church together, and it this church called itself the Great Evangelistic Center. Of their area. And I went off the Navy and years later, I connected with him. He was so ticked off of the church. He said, all they ever did was get me saved. you know. And then I started going to the church and they started teaching me principles I'd never understood. And they started teaching me the Bible I'd never gotten to. And I said, hey man, they were up front with you. They told you they were an evangelistic center. We are evangelistic. Exactly. We
0: get, we get you in the fold and then you got to figure it out. Get from you in there. the door. Yeah. And from
1: there on out, man, we get more people in the door. And if you stick around here, that's what you're for, to help us get more people in the door. So I just told him, I said, you know, every church has its... Calling like a member in the body of Christ. My finger has a calling, my toe has a calling, my this church has a calling, the thing it's going to be good at. And a lot of times it's determined by the vision of the pastor. This pastor had been there for years and years and years and he was an evangelist. Even though he'd pastored a church for years and years and years, his whole goal was let's get people saved. So that was great. That's what don't be ticked off at the church. They got you in the door, right? Right. Maybe you do need to move on somewhere else. Maybe you need to stay there and help get other people in the door.
0: So, so I, my first trigger warning would be for the your angry buddy is his anger, right? Yeah. So maybe he's not actually spiritually beyond what he thought he should be.
1: <laughs> well, he was saved. That's where the church was. But yeah, 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 he's he did have some problems. Still, he needed to, yeah, move on and and great, go somewhere else and learn different things. You know, and and that's hard for pastors too because every pastor wants to be everybody to everything. You know, and we want our church to be able to reach everybody. You know, I remember. Somebody asked me, well, who's your church designed to reach? And I said, well, everybody. Yeah. No, you can't do that though. No, it just that, doesn't work.
0: There's, there's a, you know, a pastor told me one time that every church has to be kind of a unique expression of one aspect of God in the community. Exactly. And that's why we need a lot of different churches. Right. It'd be nice to think we could have one church for everybody, but the reality is you can't have that. And which, so let's go to the church thing. So there are times when maybe this was the place that got you in the door. Yeah. Um, I, And, but maybe it's okay to, I I think about in Houston, um, I have talked to so many people who they love Lakewood church and they went there for a season, you know, they went for for seven, 10 years Mm earlier in their walk. then they said, you know, I got to a point where I was so grateful for what they did, but I I knew I needed something a little bit different. And of course they didn't aim it as I, I grew past the church, which right, I think is a healthy yeah. thing. Like when you, you when but they, yeah. yeah, they said they, they wanted, you know, they just felt like it was time for something different.
1: They're still doing a good work over there. They're I doing bless an amazing them, job. They're getting people in amazing. the door that
0: nobody else could ever get in the door. Yeah. Joel Osteen just doing a tremendous job with that, but he's got a unique call. He's kind of like that evangelistic pastor. Exactly. Like, we're, we're throwing a wide net, man. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it's not going to be the, you know, the deep, Greek. Uh, the, what is the Greek meaning of? Yeah. What did Paul really mean?
1: Exegesis and you yeah. uh, We can't but, trust the English translations. We need to know ourselves.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but but he he gets people in the doors, so right? But then there's a point where people maybe feel like a need to move on, and that's okay. Yeah. And then there's some people that 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 you know stay there. Yeah. Um, I do feel like if you're at the same church your whole life, you're probably stagnating. Yeah, I went to a church one time. I'll never forget this. I, I went in there as my buddy had just become the pastor there. And I walked in, I started shaking hands. I was like, how long have you been here? He's like, 40 years. I'm like, you look oh. like you're like 42. <laughs> yep. I've been here my whole life. Shook another hand. How long you been here? 57 years. I'm like, you look like you're like 57. Yep. Been here my whole life. Every hand I shook, I'm like, oh my gosh, this church is in deep trouble. There's yeah. nobody new here. Everybody's here. and And sure enough, they were they ran that pastor off. They ran my buddy off because they were super stagnant, yeah. but they were also very arrogant. They're like, "We have, a, we know the truth." I remember I spoke. He let me speak one time at a men's event, and a guy came up to me afterwards and like critiqued my sermon and oh. told me where I'd gotten things wrong. I'm like, "Dude, this guy's got getting pecked to death by ducks. Like, <laughs> this has got to be a horrible experience for him because these people they assumed they were wise or smart or because they had all this Bible knowledge, but really they were just they were really horrible
1: people. That's a great point because the question we're dealing with here is, um, what do you do when you have spiritually matured your husband, your wife, your pastor, your whoever else, what do you do? We typically measure maturity by the wrong yardstick. Mm. We typically measure maturity by how much we know our knowledge. And that's a typical Western mentality. You know, the Western mentality is it's all cerebral. Christianity is a religion of the mind and it's all cerebral. So if I got knowledge, more knowledge than you, then I'm more spiritual than you. The fruit of the spirit has nothing to do with that. And the fruit of the spirit needs to be how we gauge our maturity. Mm. So are you more loving today than you were last week? Are you more kind? Are you more gentle? And so you mentioned this wife and a husband situation. You know, Typically, wives are more quote unquote spiritual right. than their husbands <laughs> for two reasons.
0: Uh, that's not Emily in
1: my case. I'm way more spiritual. Of than course, her, we yeah. know. And yeah. yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> We're the exception to the rule. <laughs> I'm not sure our wives would agree with that. But, uh, uh, I feel like, yeah, I'll tell you who's spiritual. We're much yeah. more humble than our wives, for example. <laughs> That's you That's know?
0: right. We've reached a level of humility they'll never get to. That's
1: it. right. We're we we will. Uh, going to create a little program where you can buy into our system where we'll teach you how to be as humble as That's us. That's right.
0: Humble like me. Yeah. yeah.
1: But the point is, women typically tend to be more spiritual because they have more time many times to go to Bible studies and things of that nature, you know. And because, dum dum dum, here we go—the feminization of the church.
0: Right, right, right. You the know, last, so, the last forty, fifty years, it's become a lot. Uh, it's been driven. Of, I mean, this stats just show that it's yeah. usually sixty percent women in a church. So you're
1: going to have that natural bent in a church because it's church has been structured to please women. Yeah, it's not been structured to really do anything. It's been structured to be cerebral. It's been structured to be relational. It's kind of like you want to start a women's ministry. <laughs> Put a poster up and every lady will show up. You want to start a men's ministry? No guys want to, no guys want to do that because what do you do in a men's ministry? Oh, you sit around and do what you do in a Sunday school class or something, you know, and and guys are typically designed to to do something.
0: Fixing something, shooting
1: something, building something. Yeah. Yeah. So do something if you want to have a men's ministry, you know, where they're actually doing, but that's not spiritual, not spiritual to go out and do something. Uh, So there's a question like,
0: so you're saying what is spiritual has a wrong measuring stick. Exactly. Yeah. What
1: is true and honest religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless? Caring, caring for orphans and widows. No, and no, no. It's going to Bible studies. No, it's no. memorizing scripture. That's a verse. Yeah. True and honest religion. Was is that it?
0: James? Is that James?
1: That yeah, says it is. That? It's in James. Yeah. He says, true and honest religion or worship that God our Father accepts as pure and is faultless. It says
0: undefiled. Yeah. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the father is this to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained
1: from the world. James
0: one twenty seven.
1: So one of the most spiritual things you could do would be to build a ramp for the local widow lady, mm. you know, so that she can get into her house and out to care for orphans, care for widows in their distress, which you see a lot of guys getting
0: engaged in men's groups because of that. Yeah, um, But what's interesting about that is, uh, you don't, wouldn't necessarily think of them as being super spiritual for them. No, no. Ah, yeah. no, they're just doing what men like to do. We They should really be more spiritual.
1: Yeah, they won't even come to the Bible study on Wednesday night when the men's Bible study. Yeah, that's because usually some goober takes over the Bible study and, like, <laughs> we won't you know, go there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> take, takes over, hijacks the whole conversation and tells yeah. about all his problems. But, but, yeah, but the point I is. I hate Bible studies myself. <laughs> so <laughs> I like them if I lead them. <laughs> Oh, there you go, yeah. That's terrible, that's terrible. I don't
1: mind the Bible study as long as I'm leading it. Okay, we're being far too honest here. Yeah. Um, The point is, though, that we measure spirituality by the wrong things if we measure it. Because here's the deal. Okay, somebody is really, really spiritual. Um, I mean, they spend 12 hours a day in prayer. They spend 12 hours a day in whatever, you know, reading the Bible. And But if the other 12 hours are spent gossiping, mm. that's spiritual at all. It's not spiritual at all.
0: So... Okay, so this is, we're just really making the muddied waters here. So, first of all, uh, you got to check your heart if you think you've outgrown someone spiritually, is what you're saying, because maybe you've just been ga- gauging spirituality by the completely wrong measuring yeah. stick.
1: It's a dangerous question. It's a dangerous thing to even evaluate for two reasons. First of all, to you're how sa- do you quantify, you're maturity? saying the dangerous
0: question is, have I grown spiritually beyond my environment? Exactly. Dangerous
1: okay. to even think about that because the one is that you are, um, you're trying to measure maturity which it's hard for you to measure your own maturity right which
0: i mean paul paul talks was it paul that says when they compare themselves to themselves they are not wise and
1: that's the other thing yeah. if you're saying well i'm more mature than him then you're comparing yourself to others and and yeah paul says that's not wise so in two ways that's a that's a very dangerous area to go um now, you might find yourself in a situation where, let, let's take, for example, the situation where my husband just is not exa- not interested in spiritual things at all. Okay, I'm interested in spiritual things. He's not interested in spiritual things. Then what do I do? Then you be terribly spiritual and you respect him because that's what the Bible tells you to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a specific, Paul specifically says that. He's like, wives, wives with unbelieving husbands, like dig deep. And be an example to him that you may lead him to Christ. You might even
1: lead him to the Lord without even speaking a word he says, you know? Yeah. So which, you just be an example.
0: Which I mean, that kind of stinks for women because right. be, it, it seems like an unfair burden on the women.
1: Well, a guy, a guy could have the same situation though. And what's a guy got to do? My wife just, you know, hates God. She's a God hater. I mean, hopefully you didn't get married to somebody like that. But if you did, what do you have to do? You have to love her as Christ. Of, of the, the church, church, right? Sacrificially. Yeah, but she doesn't support me in this. She doesn't support me in that. She says, well, what's that got to do with it? Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, you it's it doesn't matter.
0: So, okay, so now we're, we're muddying the waters even more. So <laughs> marriage is one thing, right? Let's uh-huh. talk about people who they, you know, grew up around a group of friends and they all of a sudden have come to the Lord and they know that hanging around with those friends is literally detrimental to their spiritual walk. They have grown spiritually. I mean, they've, I mean, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation, the old has gone, the mm-hmm. new has come. They're literally a new creation and their friends are hanging out as they've always been. Uh, what do you do about that? I mean, is, do you get away from those people? Do you evangelize from a distance?
1: Well, I kind of had that situation when I became a believer. You did. Talk yeah. about that. Senior year in high school, I became a believer midway through the senior year. And I didn't have to distance myself from my friends because all I was talking about was the Lord and what God was doing in my life. And so they distanced themselves from me. Right, it took right. care of itself, you know? And so, I, I think if you are if you're living a radical enough changed life, one of two things will happen. Those who are living in darkness, they're either going to, their eyes are going to start to adjust to the light and they begin to see things, or the light's just going to be so penetrant. It's like walking out of a movie theater and getting hit with that blast of light. Some people are just going to be so offended by the light that they're going to go away and make it sound like you're the reason. Right. When really it's the light that's the reason. So, if you just live a changed life, And then remember too, bad company corrupts good character. Well, that's
0: what I was going to say. I haven't really, I haven't, I've seen the opposite be true. Those who stick around with their friends usually end up getting dragged back in. Yeah, Is that a lack of true conversion or is it just
1: the bad company corrupts good character? I think some of it is lack of being willing to stand out and be different. And so you tend to mold in and be the chameleon instead of, because again, there's, it's so easy when you're being offensive to somebody else. To say, well, you you know, you quit talking about Jesus. That's so offensive. You're like, you oh, think, I can't you, offend people. You think you're better than us? You think yeah. you're better than us? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And so you get all that stuff, and so it's easy to say, oh, as a Christian, I'm not supposed to be offensive. The gospel is offensive. Jesus was offensive. If you're not being offensive, there's something wrong. The Bible says that. He says, when all men speak well of you, whoa, whoa, to you, because you've just yeah. blended. You're a chameleon. Mm-hmm. And so if you'll stand out enough. Yeah, they're going to blame it on you because they're not going to say, oh, my goodness, you've convicted me of my sin and I realize how lost I am and therefore I'm going to leave you and you're you're a good person, but I'm a terrible person. That's not going to happen. Right. You know, and you're not a good person either. You've just been changed by the blood of Jesus. But the, so they're going to put that offense on you. And as a new believer, it's easy to think, oh, I got to be sweet and kind because I'm a Christian now. And so I can't offend anybody. Mm-hmm. You. If you're not offending somebody, you're not teaching the gospel, because the gospel message is basically this: you are a stinking, rotten sinner, doomed for hell. So am I, and so's your mama.
0: I mean, it's just—it's
1: <laughs> right. offensive, right? And and if you're not living that way, then you, sure enough, you will chameleonize. Is that a good word? <clears throat> and become that is now <clears throat> become like them. You'll just blend in. Bad company will corrupt good S- character. So
0: even in that case, you're saying you don't necessarily leave leave them you just they're going to naturally be pushed away yeah. by the nature of your change
1: so and i think there, the reason it worked for me is okay. because it was such a radical change at the time it was this jesus people movement was going on so i'm i'm like meeting with believers every single night we're out on the street witnessing every single night you know day yeah. and we're just I, so it was so different and so radical
0: i get like, it wasn't i get just that. church. I, it seems a little idealistic to me though cuz i have seen a lot of people that it just seems like what they need to do the best thing for them is to move out of that environment and um yeah sometimes it is yeah well, I,
1: mean, I mean we're, and not, we did we're a, not
0: talking about living in an environment yeah. we're t- you were talking we're talking about friends that you yeah yeah. i mean we did a podcast a few weeks ago about that is it is it do you need to change your environment or do yeah. you just need to change you so when is a time that you really do would grow past
1: your current situation and you need to move along when you grow past your current situation well again when it's when it's Boy, and we did that whole podcast on that one, too, because, again, it's hard to determine, is this a caustic, is this a toxic environment, or am I the problem here? Right.
0: And, I mean, if, if you run from every toxic environment, you're never going to grow. Right. Right. Sometimes toxicity is what makes you stronger. Right? Yeah. yeah.
1: And that's where I think where, where we talked about before is the idea of having an outside influence, not an outside influence, an outside observer who can see. Because again, that's where it came. That's where it worked for me. It kept me in that situation. It kept me like daily on edge. I wasn't just going to church on Sunday. It wasn't just a weekly thing. It was a daily thing. And so by daily, it just became the the full core of my life. It was all I had to talk about.
0: So this is what I'm getting. Nine times out of ten, you probably need to stick where you are. But there are certain situations where it's best to go ahead and. I mean, I I think the church example. If you're growing. Right, there's certain things you need to learn in each reflection of the body of Christ that you yeah. probably need to move along for. But now, in the it's marriage really,
1: example, yeah, you don't have that option to move along. Yeah, in the church example, you do. And, and I would just say one thing is make sure when you leave, you don't toss a grenade over your shoulder. Right. We did a podcast about that. How to leave the yeah. church well? How yeah. to do it well? Don't don't be you know because the problem is not them. That's what I told my friend. I said the problem is not them. Right. They're still doing the thing they were called to do. They were called to evangelize this area. The problem was you had changed. So just move on. Yeah. Don't be, don't be bad mouthing them.
0: Well, I guess that's the big question too. If you truly are spiritually mature, it's this classic, what they would say, you transcend and include, you don't despise the place you came from as being immature and you're mature. Right. Right. Yeah. You look at it and say, that was a part of my spiritual growth that I needed. I'm now building off of that to the next level. And you don't despise it, but you transcend it, you move to the next level, and you include it as part of what was absolutely necessary to get you where you were today. So you're not doing it with any resentment. You're not doing it with right. angerness. You used your, your example of your friend. It sounds like he was doing it with a lot of bitterness and angerness, anger, yeah. which means he he probably maybe hadn't actually moved beyond that environment. But maybe it's a when you feel a release within you to go and you can do it with a pure heart of man, I don't have anything against these people, but it is time for me to move on. Yeah,
1: it's wonderful what they're doing. I pray God's blessing upon them. Yeah. It's like the foundation of a house. I needed that foundation. Yeah. But now I'm gonna build something else on top of it. But I still need that foundation. And yeah, and the foundation's not going anywhere. And, yeah. and
0: and the people that built the foundation, they're all they do is build foundation. Or build another foundation. That's okay for them to do that too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And as long as they're not getting stuck in the foundational things, which you would that that is a tricky thing too, because a lot of times you have people that are um you see the evangelists too and you say, you know, they've got their one message of evangelism, 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 but really they need to be moving on spiritually, but they may be called to minister to those
1: people in that certain yeah. space. Yeah. And and they, they're probably growing beyond that, beyond that, beyond that. But if this is the folks you speak to, you know, use the example there with Joel Osteen up there. Well, surely he knows he's got a deeper walk with God than what he projects on Sunday morning. Joel
0: Osteen is a very godly, deep, profound man. Yes, yeah, I know that for a fact.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, but that's but his ministry is is like it's like I'm working with children over here, uh-huh. so therefore. I know more than what I'm going to teach them about Jonah. And, you know, I, I you know, I could give all the deep theological of Jonah, yeah. but that's not what I'm called to do.
0: I, I see that with Joel too. You know, he'll use 25, 30 Bible verses in a sermon, but he doesn't put the text and he yeah. doesn't put the verse up on the screen. But those who know the Bible know, this guy is pumping out Bible verses yeah. and you may not like the translation he used, but yeah. he's got the, the, the word in him and he's got it, but it's, it's, yeah. And he's just, he knows who he's called to minister to. And that's, I mean, people people come and go from Lakewood and there's seasons where I've you know, been serving the Lord 25 years and I, it was a season where I felt like I needed the hope and faith and encouragement yeah. that was found at Lakewood. And so I would slip in there on Sunday morning, get energized, charged up. It was really important during a season of my life. Um, and I still love going back there, but that's not where
1: I'm at right now. Yeah, and every every church has that, it's got what it can do. And we're and that's what you said again, every church, no single church is gonna be a full expression of the body of Christ. right? And we get into trouble when we try and do that. Well, we got to have a ministry to this and a ministry to that and a ministry to this. No, 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 in this town, there's somebody who's got a great ministry to that. So let's us find what God's called us to do. And that doesn't mean there can only be one Celebrate Recovery in town or one this or one that because each one's going to have its own expression. But that doesn't mean that it, no church is going to minister to everybody. Yeah. And and so everyone has its unique expression.
0: And I guess you've you've truly grown. And when you... When you don't again, you don't despise where you came from, but you just feel a sense that hey, it's time for something new. And you're not looking back at what what, what you had just experienced as something less. It right. was just a part different.
1: of just a part of the process. It's not a good or bad, it's just different.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave a review on your listening platform of your choice. For more from Joelle Malm, check out JoelMalm.com And more from Rick, check out rickmalm.com.